good to, good to have you guys here. What a great week we had, too. I just want to say thank you to everybody that came out to our Christmas party last Sunday night. I got to tell you guys, that was one of my favorite events we've ever done. It was so much fun. It was, it was a lot of fun. We did uh, the wreaths. I hope you guys built a, a wreath. We did the, the fire pits and had lots of s'mores and ate lots of food. And a lot of you guys helped put that together. Thank you guys for helping put that together. But uh, also for everyone that came out, I hope that it was a blessing to you and your family because um, it's a very special time. And then, of course, Christmas Eve, for those that came out to join us on the square, uh, that was a special night as well. It was just really a great week. And uh, uh, hopefully you had a, a great week on Christmas Day and uh, Christmas week and celebrated big on Christmas Day with your family. How many of you guys, how many guys was a little bit different this year? A little bit different than normal. How many guys it was, you, you said, you know what, this year it may have been a little bit different, but man, it was just a really good Christmas and uh, God really came through. And so that, for us, it was the same way. We had a, a great time. We always, you know, our kids are still young enough that that Christmas is, you know, really about uh, not only celebrating Jesus, but about making sure everything just looks set up and it's just great for them. And it's just a relaxing, wonderful day. It's not relaxing night before. <laughs> Parents, you know what I'm talking about. Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve is brutal. And, um, but Christmas Day, after you've only got about three hours of sleep and they wake you up in the morning, it is, it is fun. So we got up and um, you don't even get out of your PJs until noon. And uh, some of you guys probably didn't get out of your PJs till now. And uh, maybe that's the same pajamas. And that's okay, because with our, uh, you know, social distancing requirements of 2020, we can't smell you. So it's all right. You know, just enjoy it. So I hope you had a good Christmas. Anyways, well, get your Bibles out. We're going we're gonna to finish off and uh, talk about uh, still good news again today. And so we're going to go back to the book of Isaiah. We've been hanging out a lot in Isaiah. We've been looking mostly at Isaiah chapter 9 as we've been, uh, we've been going through the different prophecies that are talking about a coming Messiah. And so today we'll be in Isaiah as well. If you don't have a Bible, uh, we've got some back there under the offering table for you that you can keep or just raise your hand and somebody will bring you one. But also we will have the words on the screen and you can download the Rockpile app on your phone. Click Bible. All the verses will be there for you. But uh, rather than go to Isaiah 8 and 9, which is where we've been hanging out a lot as far as in the Old Testament verses, today we're going to go to Isaiah 52 and 53. And a lot of you guys, you go, well, those sound very familiar, right? What is Isaiah 52 and 53? And you'll recognize it because these are the verses that also are prophetic, but talk about a coming Messiah who would be pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities. Now, this morning, we're going to look specifically at chapter 52. Now, this chapter starts off very strong, encouraging God's people to awaken because their oppression and the bondage that they have been under is coming to an end. That's a pretty, pretty big reason to celebrate. And so it's a great start to the chapter of saying the, the, the oppression that you've been under, and in fact, your captors will be taken over. You will be free. So awaken because good things are about to happen. And it says in Isaiah 52, verse 3, For thus says the Lord, You are sold for nothing, and you shall be redeemed without money. Now, pausing there, this verse isn't read enough. This is a powerful powerful. This, this one sentence is so powerful. Just in this one sentence, you see both 
the, the kind of bad news that we started off in December talking about, right? The bad news that we are in darkness and we are, the world is under a curse that needs a Savior. The world needs a Savior. But also in this one sentence, you see the good news. You see the good news that we've been talking about all month that Jesus has come, that we have been redeemed. Now, the next few verses describe some of the oppression that God's people have faced and how people have cried out to God and, and the good news of the salvation is to come. But then you look in verse 6, and it says, Therefore my people shall know my name. Therefore in that day they shall know that it is I who speak. Here I am. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. The voice of your watchmen, they lift up their voice. Together they sing for joy, for eye to eye they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together into singing, you waste places of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. Let's pray over God's word together today. God, we worship you and thank you for this wonderful day of bringing us here together, both in this room God, or maybe those uh, on the other side of the wall who have joined us together in the gym, or God, even those watching online this morning, or, or maybe even those listening and catching up later as they are wrapping up family vacations and other holiday events right now. But God, we pray regardless of how we are listening or joining in, God, God, let your word hit home in us today. God, may we be changed by it, and we open ourselves up to being changed. And will you take a moment and just ask God, Lord, will you speak today to me? Will you speak through your word to me? God, and I pray that I will deliver this message in a manner that's glorifying to you, God, that I will say the things that you once said. I won't say the things that you don't want said. And God, that I won't uh, just speak my opinion, but rather we can look at your word, your anointed word today, and that your Holy Spirit will speak to us. We praise you and we worship you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So full disclosure, Isaiah 52 is prophetic. It does point to Jesus, and we really see that play out more and more, even as you get into chapter 53. But you also have to recognize that so much of the Bible that we just assume, hey, this was just written directly to us, and this always applies directly to us, and, and we kind of take that as first person to us. But what's interesting is if you, if you look at what I, uh, Isaiah was speaking and who he was speaking to, he's talking to a people that truly understood oppression, that truly understood darkness, that truly understood captivity because they were literally under Babylonian captivity. They literally had people that were physically oppressing them. And so for them to, to hear that bondage would be released, for them to hear that freedom was coming, would take on this excitement in so many different levels. And of course, if you know history, you know that Persia, under, under God's hand, would come in and eventually free them from Babylonian captivity and free them from their bondage. But we can already tell, just reading this passage, man, even though the people were under this darkness, when you read through a passage like this, 
it's exciting. It's positive, right? You read through this and you go, man, all I see here is that it's dripping with freedom. It's dripping with salvation. This is a great passage. It's also where we get uh, the start to a commonly used phrase within Christian circles about the feet of those who, who bring good news being beautiful. Now, I'm just going to say this. Uh, feet are disgusting. Feet really are disgusting. There are lots of people in this world I may never understand. Uh, I don't understand people that open up all their Christmas presents at once. I don't, I don't get that. I don't know where you sit on this. Some of you guys, well, you got everything under the tree. You hand them all out, and you're like, just go for it, guys. Just tear into it like a pit bull tears into a poodle. Go for it. Everybody, <laughs> open your presents, and then you're done. Right? And then you got families like I was raised, right, where it's like, that person opens, has to go around and hug everyone. <laughs> and then we go on to the next one. And we just, we draw it out, all right? Who are the second people? Who's in my camp? Okay, the rest of you guys need Jesus. So that's <laughs> the way it goes. So I don't understand everybody who, who opens up all the presents at once. Man, just savor it, okay? Just savor it. I also don't understand those who like feet. That's a thing. Like, I don't want to get weird in here this morning, right, too much. But um, there's a foot thing out there where people are like, you know what, I'm really, I really, I just really, I'm into feet. I don't get you at all because feet really are gross. I mean, feet, I, I don't, even my wife, like my wife has the best feet I can think of, okay? And even my wife knows that, that I don't want her feet on me, right? At night when her feet are cold, and she gums and she tries to put her feet on my feet or worse, on my back. <laughs> and her feet are colder than Jack Nicholson at the end of The Shining. And it's like, Ugh! you know, it's just, it's, it's alarming. But even if her feet were a perfect 98.6 degrees or, or room temperature, she knows me. I'm just like, I just, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like feet, honey, even though yours are the loveliest of the bunch. I just don't like feet all that much. So beautiful feet is a strange phrase to me, though I'm sure, I'm sure some feet are better than others. I guarantee you some of us, it will take more than good news delivery to make our feet beautiful. Some of us need a pedicure badly, all right? My feet are disgusting, and my wife would attest to that. So, so you hear this, and you go, what does it mean, beautiful feet? But you really see some more, because if you look later on, the Bible uses this phrase uh, more often than just here, but this is where we really see what it means and why those who bring good news, their feet are considered beautiful. Because you look here in Isaiah chapter 52, and it says, verse 8, the voice of your watchmen, they lift up their voice, together they sing for joy, for eye to eye they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together into singing, you waste places of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. So in those days, the watchmen would stand on the wall looking for threats. They knew at any time, especially with all the stuff they were under, with the fact that, I mean, and you look, man, Israel was just conquered and conquered, and Judah conquered and conquered, and there was always attacks, and there was always war, and there was always threats. And so the watchman's job was very important. They had to stand up on the wall, and they would look out for threats. They had to look out for opposing armies. They had to look out for spies. And if they saw anyone, and they saw anybody coming, they were instantly wary of, what is this about? What is happening here? 
They might be wondering what kind of greeting might this be, like Mary with the angels. But the messenger, as they ran up, there are certain times that if, the, if, if maybe there was freedom and they didn't know it yet, if there was a, a battle that had been won and they couldn't just call with a, a cell phone, there wasn't, they couldn't even fax, they didn't have email. And so a messenger would have to run up and deliver the news. And that watchman would be watching out there and they would see the runner running up and they'd think, what is coming? What is about to be said? Did we win? Did we lose? How bad is it going to be? Are they coming to tell us that a whole army is coming right behind them and we need to fortify even more or that we need to hide because they're gonna, they're gonna, there's going to be more oppression, there's going to be more struggle? And when that messenger would come up, they would try to begin to signal, no, no, you can see what I've got to tell you is good. I've got good news for you. And what a beautiful picture that is because that watchman would sit there and you see as it plays out here in the verse, like the, the, the messenger would deliver the news and first the watchman would get excited and be like, what? And it said the watchman would break into singing. And then they would turn and they would begin to relay the message to those that are, as it says, in the waste places or other versions say the ruins of Jerusalem. And would turn and begin to deliver the good news. Guys, it's over. Guys, the oppression is over. Guys, we've won the battle. And people would begin to come out of their hiding places. And they would begin to come out of the ruins. And they're like, are you kidding me? What? What's going on? And they're like, guys, it's over. We won. And they would begin to sing. It said they would break forth into song singing because the messenger came and delivered good news. Therefore, the beautiful feet references to a messenger that is running, running to declare good news to be received. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who bring good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Can you see it? Can you see a little bit more of the imagery that messenger excited running up? Guys, I got such good news to tell you. You're going to love to hear this. Your God reigns. We've won. You can come out of the darkness now. We know that God's people were in a physical captivity at the time. But the fact that the, the prophetic works with the actual events that were happening, it really just shows us God's beautiful orchestration, doesn't it? I love how God will take actual historical events and things that were happening, and he will tie them in. It all wraps up because, again, God is sovereign. God has it all worked out, and it all fits together. And so we see this through both the actual captivity of the Israelites being freed and the redemption that is pointed to that we know now to be Jesus. We see that God is a conqueror. God is a redeemer. God is a deliverer. He always has been, and he always will be that our God reigns, that he always has, and he always will. Now, we have been talking about the, the good news all month long. We've been talking about, uh, you know, how the angels came and they declared to the shepherds, they said, we bring you good news. And they pointed back to some of the prophecies as well. And they said, by the way, that is being fulfilled because today a Savior is being born. And we've been talking about this beautiful, wonderful news. And what is the good news in a nutshell? The message of Jesus coming to be with us in person and ushering in the kingdom of God. 
that God is not just something to look forward to, but that he came here as Jesus to be with us, and that while Jesus was here and physically walked this earth, he also redeemed us. He paid for us, going back all the way there to, to Isaiah 52, the beginning of it, when it says that you were sold for nothing, yet you were bought, you were redeemed. That is, in a nutshell, the good news that you and I receive, that we understand. We see this story in Acts chapter 10. Peter is led by a vision to take the message of Christ to the Gentiles to the house of Yukon Cornelius. I'm sorry, it's just Cornelius. That's the other one's Rudolph. Did y'all watch that this year? No. Okay, I didn't know if y'all get the joke or not. It's all right. It was worth a shot. But in Acts 10.36, as he goes into the house of Cornelius, we see this story of him preaching the good news to the Gentiles. At that, up until now, the Jewish people didn't know the Gentiles could even be saved. They didn't know the good news was for everyone, right? That they could also have a Messiah in Jesus, that they also had a Savior. But we see this in Acts 10.36 as, as for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. And he gives us a glimpse. He says, look, this is the good news. The same peace that we talked about throughout this month. That same peace that we can have peace with God. And that we can also receive peace from God. That God can reconcile all things in us. And that God can reconcile all things in this world. That same peace with God we talked about for you personally. For me personally others can and should have. Just like God sent Peter to share that message in Acts 10, he sends us to share it with the world. So guys, what do we do with this good news? We were like those watchmen. Or maybe even more so, we were like those people huddled in ruins, in darkness, in brokenness. And somebody ran up and they said, I have good news. And we received, we understood, hopefully, the good news. But what do we do now? What do we do with the good news? I, I think it's kind of like those, uh, have you ever seen Lord of the Rings or some of those movies where they light the beacons, right, to pass a message along? Have you seen that? Where a, a, a big fire will light up on the side of a mountain and the next person holding the beacon looks over and they see the beacon lit up and they know to light their beacon so that the person further down can see it and they will light their beacon. And, and you know, it's not supposed to stop. Can you imagine if one person's like, oh, sweet, okay, good, it's good to know. And he's standing there just holding this torch and the beacon's sitting there just ready to go. And he's, what do we do with it? We, it's, it's our turn now. Look at Romans chapter 10, verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah, said, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. I love this. Paul actually, through this passage, quotes both Isaiah 52 and the beginning of Isaiah 53. But he says, look, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news to carry the message of the gospel, of the good news 
to those who need it. Guys, we are messengers. We are those that are to be running towards the brokenness, delivering the good news that we have been given because there are people that are still in ruins. There are people still behind the wall. There are still people in darkness that do not know what Jesus has done for them. And how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. We're to relay the message to those who haven't heard it yet, that God has won, that we are free. God, Paul knew that the message of the good news would need to be carried, just like Isaiah knew it hundreds of years before, just like Isaiah and Paul both lived it out. Who carries the message now? Who carries it? We do. It's our responsibility to carry the good news. You know, Isaiah, earlier on in the, in the book of Isaiah, there's that moment where he took this mantle on, where he recognized the need. You, you know the story, if you, if you know it from Isaiah 6, 8, where God says, whom shall I send? Can you imagine if Isaiah was like, I don't know. Maybe somebody who can preach good. Lord, send somebody extroverted, right? The extroverted. Leave that to the extroverted people. God's like, whom shall I send? If you thought about Micah, you could send him. Lord, whom shall I send? What is Isaiah's response? Do you know it? Here I am. Send me. Right? That moment where he takes it upon himself. He goes, Lord, you can send me. I will be your messenger. I will say whatever you want me to say, Lord. I will speak for you to those that need to be spoken to, God. Whatever you need done. But Isaiah, it's going to be hard. Yep, okay, it's going to be hard, Lord. How can I serve you? Lord, how can I reach people? I will be a messenger of the Lord. Have you ever said to God, have you ever said that to God? Lord, I'll do whatever you ask of me. Lord, there's a world that needs to know who you are. God, I'm willing. Where do you want me to go? How do you want me to do it? What will be the cost? Does it matter the cost, Lord? I will do whatever it is that you ask of me. Have you ever sat down and truly just looked up to God and said, anything, Lord? Here I am. Send me. Use me. Speak through me. God, I am yours. What would it mean if you did? How would it change anything if you did? I, I got to wonder sometimes. If we just sat back and said, Lord, who am I to speak to? Who am I to reach? Who am I to influence? Who needs the message of Christ? Use me, Lord. We are messengers. And I wonder if we'll take up the mantle, if we'll accept the call. See, guys, it was never just up to certain ministers, evangelists, and uh, you know, pastors. A lot of times I think people are like, well, that's why we have pastors. That's why we've got Christian television. That's why we have, uh, I was about to say Spirit 105.9, but they're gone. K-Love now? K-Love. That's why we have K-Love, right? That, that's why we have Christian things. I mean, we leave that in their hands. What would it look like if the church, the body of Christ, recognize that each of us carries this message and that it's not up to a staff. It's not up to just an evangelist. It's not up to just a minister. It's not just, well, that's what they're paid for. That's what they're gifted for. But we recognize that even though there's going to be different ways we do it, not everyone's going to preach or wants to preach to stadiums. 
But you know, your, your neighbor needs to know the good news of Christ. The people that are in the cubicle next to you at work need to know the good news of Christ. Right? That if we took up the mantle to say, Lord, I am a messenger of God. It's my role to, to carry this message forward. And this isn't just a Christmas message. It's so awesome that God has come to be with us. I, that's why I love Christmas. I love celebrating Christmas. I love the story. It was so special the other night being able to get up there with my boy and, and read from Luke chapter 2 about how God has come here to be with us. What a great season that can point to Jesus. But guys, this is beyond a Christmas message. You know, um, Christmas Day, we were uh, done wrapping, uh, unwrapping presents, and we cooked our, our turkey, and then uh, I pulled the turkey out of the oven, and it looked beautiful, and it smelled good, and then I put it back in the microwave because it wasn't finished, and um, <laughs> just being honest, people are like, you can microwave a turkey? Evidently, and, um, and so we were kind of wrapping things up and cleaning things up and, um, and relaxing, that calm after the storm, if you will. And so we put on uh, the radio station. You guys know that we have Hub Radio. We've been doing Christmas music every day from 3 to 8. And uh, so we put it on, and we're sitting there, and it's been going all day. And my favorite Christmas song of this season came on. It's called Love Came Down to Bethlehem. I was posting about it a couple weeks ago. It's just a beautiful song. Uh, Matt Maher, however you say his name. And just a powerful song. Just wrecks me almost every time. And it was Christmas Day, and the song came on, and I was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's hitting me. It's hitting me. This is a good song. And I remember I was just listening to it, and I was singing it, and I was getting into it, and I was like, ah. and then I looked at the clock, and it was like two minutes till eight. And it hit me. I'm like, this is the last song. Now, keep in mind, we have like six hours of music that we have programmed. We don't program what plays when. It's just supposed to randomly pull out so it doesn't play the same song twice during the day. And so I'm just going to go ahead and say it was a little God wink for me. Take it for what it is. But, uh, but that song was really special to me this season. And when I looked at the clock and realized, wow, that song is ending our, our Christmas time, our ending our Christmas music. Literally, there's no other songs going to be played Christmas over the hub today on Christmas Day. And I remember I just, I just stood there and listened to the song. And as it faded out, it had silence after it. You just not even program. It's program not supposed to even do that. And the song faded out, and I just stood there for a second. And it was just quiet. And then a couple, you know, a couple seconds went by, and it started up the next segment, which was not Christmas music. And, um, and guys, it was perfect. It was just one of those perfect God moments. And for whatever reason, I, I kind of felt like the Lord was, was speaking to me through it, take it for what it is. But, um, but I actually changed the original plan. We were going to continue, as most people do. We're like, well, we still leave the decorations up for a while. We still listen to a little bit of Christmas music, but we're not as into it afterwards. And so we were just going to let it run through like New Year's. And I went and I, I next day I went and changed it because I was like, you know what, God, that was a perfect cap. That was kind of a perfect cap on the, the Christmas season. So we switched it back just to play regular music for now. Because I also felt like God was speaking through it a little bit that uh, in that still moment, that it was a reminder that Christmas is perhaps a season, and that season ends by design, but it's just the start. Christmas isn't an ending. Christmas is a start. It's the start to the good news. It's the start to something beautiful. 
Love came down to Bethlehem, and love, Jesus Christ, walked with us, redeemed us, and then he asked us to do something about it. So the question is, is when Christmas wraps up, when the song is done, when the understanding of what God came for and then what he did while he was here really hits in us, guys, what are we going to do with it? We've read all month about Jesus start to being physically here on, on earth, his birth, and that was good news, but there was so much more to his life. In the middle of his time here, as we studied over the summer in the Sermon on the Mount in uh, Matthew chapter 5, he reflects how just like he too is the light of the world, like we talked about last Sunday, he said, I am the light of the world. That he came to bring light and life. But then in the Sermon on the Mount, what does he say? Who else is the light of the world? that we are the light of the world because Jesus shines in and through us, that we take the same light, a light that doesn't come from us, but a light that comes from him. We take that same light, and now it's our job to shine that light to a world that is still living in darkness. And it's not just some ambiguous light like we talked about last week. It's not just doing good deeds, though they are a part of it. Guys, we have to recognize that our job is to speak and tell the world of the good news of Jesus Christ. He says, you take the light that I came with, and you take that light and you shine it. You don't put it under a bowl. You don't hide it, but you have to share the light. You share the good news. And if we still are under any doubts, then he wraps it up towards the end of his actual physical time here on earth where he makes it clear when he gives us this command. A lot of you guys know it, the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. You and I are to be messengers so people can hear the good news of Christ. We're to share it. We're to spread the light of Christ. It isn't for us alone. And if we truly believe what God has done, that he has freed us, why would we not want to share it? And we may have all these reasons why we go, well, I don't know if this is, you know, I don't know if it's, I'm scared. I don't know how it's going to be received. Guys, we don't get to determine how it's received. That's not even what matters. What matters is that we do our part. It's only the Lord that can change lives. I love reading back to Isaiah. Do you notice the, the end of that passage there after we find out it's the, the the, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring news. Do you notice that one passage that said, and God bears his arms? I always love that imagery. What is that, what is that saying? When you're about to go to work, right? And I'm talking about you're getting serious work. Like you've been doing it for a little bit, but now you're like, okay, now it's getting real. What do you do? You pull your sleeves up. You're like, oh. Or you're about to get into a fight. All right? You're about to get into a fight. What do you do? Everyone pulls up their sleeves. Why? Because sleeves just get in the way. I guess. I don't know trying to throw haymakers, and you're like, this stinking sleeves? I don't know. <laughs> but either way, it's like a sign that you're like, okay, now it's getting serious, and it's my power, right? It's, God says, he says, God bared his arms. It shows the good news that we're sharing isn't that you and I can do anything. 
we're sharing the good news that God has come and freed people, that he did the work, and that he can still do work in us, right? It's the Lord, and we are messengers of this. My, uh, my daughter, I'll brag on her for a minute, and I don't know if she's over in the, the gym or she's working with the kids. Gym people, are you over there today? There they are. And so my daughter, you know, we've been telling her, and I'm going to brag on her a couple of times. Humble brag. Uh, we told her, make a list. Make a list of all the things you want for Christmas. And first she goes, you know, you guys always tell us, be content with what you have, and then you tell me to want things. <laughs> I'm like, well, I know. We've got to get you something. And so she gave us a list. One of the things she wanted was a Bible dictionary. Right? And uh, I was like, that's, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. I'm like, I don't. I don't know whose child you are, but that's cool. Um, I'm impressed. Although I do have to laugh because she opened it up. She tore into it. She goes, yes. She goes, now I will have all the knowledge, and I'm not going to share it with anyone. <laughs> I was like, I, I think you're missing a key point. Uh, you'll, you'll get to that part. You'll get to that part. It's fine. No, and she was, she was kidding. But I got to brag on her, you know, um, yesterday, she had some uh, friends that she made on our street that come and just visit occasionally. They don't, uh, they don't live there, but they come and visit their grandparents. So she was leaving, and she said, um, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give away one of our Bibles. I said, okay. So what's up? She said, well, the kids down the street, they don't have one. And so I'm going to take them a Bible. And she went down there, and then she invited them to church. I don't, I don't think they're here today, but uh, she, she invited them to come to church. That's it. That's it. I'm, I mean, and a child shall lead them. I think how much, I didn't think about that. Like, seriously, there wasn't a time where I was like, well, let me make sure the parents also have a Bible. I, I, it hadn't crossed my mind. It's our soft spot. The kids, man, we could learn a lot from them. My daughter recognized that it, it's, it's our role to share the message. We are messengers. Guys, will you let the Lord know that you're willing to be sent to carry the message? Will you open yourself up to being the one that's running towards the ruins to say, I have good news. God has redeemed. God has freed from oppression. Of course, in order to bring the good news, you have to know the good news. Isaiah 52, 6, Therefore my people shall know my name. Therefore in that day they shall know that it is I who speak. Here I am. That word know is yada in Greek. It means to truly and fully know. So my question for you guys is, do you know the good news of who Jesus is? Are you willing then to share that news with a world that still needs it? Because we can only share what we have. And so this morning, I do want to make clear, if you're here and you go, you know what, I don't know if, I, I still feel like I'm in darkness, that I'm under oppression. I don't know if I've received the good news in my life. And, and the good news is that Jesus already paid for your sins. That Jesus came to redeem you. And it says in Romans 10, we read from Romans 10 earlier, and if you look even earlier in that chapter, it says that those who confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in their heart that he rose from the dead will be saved. 
And it doesn't give you this big laundry list of things that you got to do right away. And, and we talked a little bit even through this month about repentance and, and allowing God to change our minds and work on us and work on our hearts. And those are important things. But guys, we start with coming to the Lord and surrendering ourselves to him to say, okay, I'm putting you in charge. I'm making you Lord of my life. And, and then he is faithful to purify us of our sins. He already paid for our sins. So this morning, do you know the good news? And if you know the good news, what do you do with it? We spread it. We share it. Because, guys, it is good news. It's good news in December, but it's still good news in January. It's still good news in March. It's still good news in July. And it'll still be good news next December when we're setting all this stuff up again. It's good news that needs to be shared. And I pray that God can get a hold of our hearts and make that a part of who we are. We are messengers. You know, next Sunday as we do the first service, and we often like to do this here at churches, we'll ask the question, Lord, what do you want from me in 2020? Lord, what do you want from me in 2021? What do you want from me in 2022? We'll ask that question. And I'm sure we got it totally right in 2020 because we fully saw everything that was coming. But we will ask the question, Lord, what do you want from me in 2021? And I can answer pretty confidently that I know at least one thing that he wants from all of us in 2021. He wants us to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. So let's, let's cry out to God like Isaiah did and say, okay, here I am. Send me. Use me. I'll be your messenger. I'll run to the darkness. I'll run to the broken. And I will share the good news. Will you make that your cry? Will we make that the cry of our church? Let's do that together. Father, we praise you and we worship you. God, it's such good news that we have a Savior who loves us. A Savior who came here to be with us to walk with us, to spend eternity with us, a Savior that redeemed us, that paid for us, so that could happen. And Lord, like we talked about last Sunday, we still live in a dark world. There's still darkness out there, but we are children of light, the light that Jesus brought. Help us live as children of light. But Lord, also help us to take this light into the darkness. God, that we will share the love, that we will share the good news, that we will share the hope that comes from knowing who you are and what you have done for us. And Lord, I pray that for every single person in here, myself included. God, maybe we're, we're going to preach to rooms. Maybe we're going to reach out to our neighbor. God, maybe this is going to happen through over coffee and through conversations we're going to have at parties. Maybe this is going to happen, God, over text messages and, and, and Facebook posts. God, maybe this is going to happen with those that we know personally and deeply. And, and maybe, God, it's going to happen to the random person that we run into at the store, the person that we pull over to, to help change a tire 
in the middle of the day and we let them know that, um, that Jesus loves them, that you love them. God, let us be messengers that run into the darkness. And Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will empower us to do it because Lord, I know that there's nothing in me that can do this. God, it's not my bare arms. It's not my strength. I'm not going to battle, God. But rather, Lord, when we step out to carry that message, it's you that does the work, and it's by your strength that lives are changed. May we just be willing vessels. May we be messengers. And Lord, if there's anybody in here this morning that says, well, I don't have the good news. You've been talking about this good news. I don't think I've ever started this relationship with God. I pray today, God, will you speak? Will you change lives today by your Holy Spirit and by your power? That if there's somebody in here today that would cry out and say, Lord, I want to know you. I want to surrender my life to you today. God, start something in them, a new walk with them, God, a foundation they can build the rest of their life upon, Lord, but let it be from you. And God, I pray that when we leave here today, as we close out the, uh, the Christmas season, God, as that song fades out and there's that silence before we shift over and we go into New Year's, may we recognize Christmas was always just the start. Now, now we take the message out there. And Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will go before those who are carrying the message. God, that you will begin to soften hearts, that you will begin to open blind eyes, God. God, that you and your great, as we said earlier, your orchestration will, will begin to, to shape and mold so that lives will be changed under your power. Let us play whatever part that looks like. We praise you and we worship you. It's in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Today, guys, as we go back into a time of worship, I want to encourage you. Guys, make this personal. Isaiah, listen to me real quick. Isaiah made it personal. Here I am. Not here that guy is. Here our church is. Here I am. Use me. Send me. Make it personal. And today also, if you say, you know what, I'm in here and I'm one of those that I don't really know where I stand with God and and I want someone to pray with or talk with about it. Back in the back corner, we've got a, a table back there. And we've got some prayer partners back there wanting to pray with you. If you have a need, maybe it is for, for you want to start that relationship with God. Or maybe you have a, a, a physical need. Maybe you have a, a, a personal need going on. Maybe it's for somebody else. But uh, we believe in a miracle working God that still works miracles. And so I want to encourage you, step out during this, this worship time. Come back and Let's pray and let's just give these things over to God. Amen? Amen. Love you guys. Let's stand and let's worship.